You're listening to the Tamar Yona Show here at Israel News Talk Radio as we give you coverage on the 16th day of the war when the Hamas came in on October 7th and slaughtered innocent men, women, children, and babies. Much has happened since then. We're going to talk about a lot of the different things that are happening. International military troops are coming here by ship to the region. There's a lot of interest going on. Is this the Gog and Magog War? Also today on the topics we're going to be talking about, what is a quote-unquote proportionate response to Hamas? By the way, Hamas in Hebrew means robbery, violence, etc. Exactly what they are. The world is changing rapidly. What is Hamas? I guess I just uh, said part of that. What is Pallywood and Israel's economic status in war? And is the West implode or the Western implosion irreversible? Is West implosion irreversible? Our guest is Dr. Mordechai Ben Menachem. He is a commentator on Mid East and world issues. Welcome to the show. Thank you. All right. Uh, there is a lot of back and forth in the international media, especially media that hates Israel, condemning us, saying that we're using disproportionate response. Look at the poor, poor Arabs in Gaza. That's what they're concentrating on. You know, the first few days of this, when this atrocity came out, the world seemed to be with Israel. But as uh, predicted, as time goes by and the Hamas gets out, uh, they're Hollywood false pictures, which you'll talk about later on, and starts bemoaning the poor, poor uh, Gazans, how they're suffering, and how they had to evacuate. Well, let me just say this. Hundreds of thousands of Israelis have had to evacuate their homes, even on the Shabbat, even on Sabbath, when you're forbidden to drive a car, when you're forbidden to use these... uh, electricity, etc. People for what's called pikuach nefesh, in order to save a life, they were given an order to evacuate Kiryat Shmona and other communities that are very close to the Lebanese border where the Hezbollah is, and the Hezbollah is even more powerful than the Hamas. They have more powerful and exacting uh, guided missiles, etc. that could really wreak havoc havoc on Israel. They have, I I believe, at least 150,000 missiles waiting to rain down on our heads. And so, but nobody talks about that in the media. They only talk about the poor, poor Arabs who started this, who supported it, who voted them in in democratic elections. No, they're the poor ones now. And Israel is, again, the aggressor in the eyes of the international media. All right. So where would you like to start? Well, let's first of all, just... um Review the numbers of what 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 actually happened two weeks ago, seven October, twenty twenty three. Over one thousand four hundred dead on that first day. More than eighty percent of the dead were tortured before they were killed. In the community of Barry, for instance, there were several. I'm not, I, I I emphasize the num- the the concept multiple piles of babies and young children who were tied together and burned alive. Tying babies together to burn them alive. I, I don't know what could be proportional to that. I have no idea. I, 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 I don't have a conception of that. 
I'll say, by comparative numbers, if if Israel was the size of the of the United States, that would mean that we, our losses were very similar to the losses of the of the United States of America in the in the in the Vietnam War. In other words, America lost, unfortunately, fifty eight thousand people in Vietnam. We lost on seven October in one day. America lost that in what about ten years? We lost in one day. Comparatively speaking, 53,000. And think of several 9-11s on one day. Not one, but several. No, I mean, it's much more than 9-11. 9-11 was, pardon me for the word just, but was just uh, 3,000. We're talking about That's why I said several. That's why I said several. If you use uh, well, it per capita, go ahead. Yeah, many, okay. Um, so so what, what could possibly be fortunate? We're talking about 212 hostages, and remember, when we talk about hostages, we don't know how many of them were taken alive. We do know that many, again, we do not know the number. There's, there's no way to guess that. Many of them were taken uh, when they were already dead. They were, we, saw pe- we saw these Hamas people throwing bodies onto cars to take them to Gaza. Yeah, I, I just want to stop you here for a moment because I, I, you know, people hear this and it goes in one ear many times and goes out the other. I want you to know I just posted a video of taken by the Hamas and or uh, security cameras as they were committing these atrocities. I warn you, it is extremely graphic and very difficult to watch. However, I believe it is a must watch because we have to face evil and we have to destroy it and we have to see what it's done. And it's on our Facebook page, Israel News Talk Radio. Look up Israel News Talk Radio on Facebook. It is there. And I ask you to share it because many people have still not yet seen it, even though it's been going around. And you can see them picking up the dead bodies and throwing them into the back of their their tender, their 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 t- c- truck, car, whatever you want to call it. Uh, so many of these hostages that they uh, that they have are probably dead bodies. Go ahead. Okay. So <clears throat> the IDF obviously right now is focused on inflicting inflicting maximum damage to everything. I emphasize everything, not everyone in the Gaza area using aerial bombard, bombardment, aerial, aerial bombing, to hopefully damage also the tunnel network. Remember, Haas has some 500 kilometers, of 300 and some odd miles of tunnels under the city of Gaza. So what, what does the word proportional mean, okay? Does, does, does anybody, if anybody thinks the word proportional means that we need to kill the same number as they killed, then that person is not sane, that is a ridiculous notion that no, no sane human being can ever entertain. So what, what does proportional mean? Well, let's give a historical example of what proportional means. In World War II, the United States lost some 600,000 people, while Germany lost 9 million people. 9 million dead in Germany. Does that mean that Israel needs to kill 21,000 Hamas persons? I'm not certain Hamas has 21,000 persons. There is no concept of proportionality in response to international law. And this is another thing that everybody, for instance, there's this, this utter disgusting jerk in, in, in Europe that calls himself the, uh, the foreign minister of the European Union, Borrell, constantly says international law says proportional, proportional response. No, it does not. I looked it up. 
when the, at the Geneva Convention they were discussing what should be international law, proportional response was discussed and rejected. So international law rejects the concept of proportional response. So anyone who says that Israel is not acting proportionally because that is international law doesn't know what international law is. <laughs> also, also, you want to be able to win the war, so you want it to be disproportionate. You want it when when you are in a war, you want it, and this is good for both sides, by the way. You want it to end as soon as possible, that the least amount of death is possible. Well, Go ahead. Again, what what when you say proportional, what does proportional mean? Does proportional mean even? The word proportional does not infer even. So what proportion is proportional? Is it one to one? Is it one to ten? Is it one to three thousand? What is the proportion that is proportional? There is no such definition. Again, there is no such definition because proportional was rejected in terms of international law. It does not exist. It's a lie. This is, in a sense, this is fascinating. It should interest us, but in a sense, it's also kind of ridiculous and kind of disgusting. These people that talk about proportional response basically are ignorant <coughs> of both what the law states and what the law rejects, obviously rejects, and, and even what the meaning of the words mean. What is proportional? Again, if it's anything like the U.S. against Germany in World War II, the proportion needs to be phenomenal. We don't, we don't want that kind of proportion. We don't want that kind of proportion. We don't want to see tens of thousands of people dead in Gaza. That's not to our benefit. No, we told, the, we told the civilians, go to the south and get out of harm's way. And those who didn't, it's, that's their responsibility. Well, it's even worse than that. Many that didn't, many that tried to go to the, to the south were killed by Hamas. We have seen videos of Hamas throwing people, shooting people in the head, their people, so-called. Remember, Hamas does not represent Palestine or Palestinians. Well, Hamas they, they represented 70% of them when they voted for them in, in to take leadership in Gaza in democratic elections. Well, so-called so democratic. So yes, they are representing again, that's, a lot that's very of people true, there. But they do. But Hamas has stated hundreds of times that they do not represent the so-called Palestinian people. They don't claim to represent them. Again, the same the same thing with the concept of the so-called two-state solution. There's no two-state solution because nobody on the other side has ever desired it. Nobody. So the only people who want a two-state solution are the, are the people in the Washington in Washington. Nobody else in the ground does. Okay, so all of these things are around the question of proportional. Proportional of what to what? What is a proportional? Proportional does never mean never does the word proportion mean even. That's not proportional. Okay, so where does where does that leave us with the people that are talking about proportional response? <clears throat> Pardon me. It, it leaves us nowhere because nobody knows what it means because it, it remains undefined. So we go on from there. Yes. Okay, so the, the world is really changing very rapidly, and this is part of the issue that people need to be aware of. If I, if I quote for a moment uh, uh, Jamie Dimon, the CEO of J.P. Morgan, the world's largest bank, 
I think it's the world's largest bank. I might be, I might be misremembering which is the largest, but it doesn't matter. Anyway, one of the, either the or one of the largest banks in the world, okay? J.P. Morgan, quote, The world may be living through the most dangerous time the world has seen in decades. The escalating conflict could have far-reaching uh, uh, impacts on energy prices, food costs, international trade, and diplomatic ties, close quote. That's what people need to be concerned with now um, as much as anything else, for both for Israel and for the world, the most dangerous response anybody could have is a one-dimensional response. One-dimensional thinking here is far from what's needed. As you said, tomorrow at the very beginning, we, I don't know, we can't know if this is the so the, 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 the definition of Gog and Magog. We don't know that. Whether it is or is not, it is clearly much, much bigger than the idea of Israel versus Hamas. Do, do we have a, a, a breaks this time? I don't no, remember. no breaks. We're going straight okay. through. Okay, fine. So geopolitics is now the largest, the single largest driver of change. Everybody is thinking about change, and we don't really understand what change is going on. The U.S. dollar is strong because the U.S. is in debt, which is a very strange thing. But that's what that's what I, that's what's actually happened because of the debt. The U.S. dollar keeps on going up, keeps on strengthening itself against other currencies. But that's an anomaly in terms of economics. And the same time that the United States dollar is growing in strength against other currencies, the dependencies of the United States are growing. It still buys much more than it sells. So the U.S. dollar today is used mostly as a colonial power and the greatest colonial power in human history. Who said that? Not me, but the former um, uh, uh, economics minister of Greece. I ask, beg your old pardon, but I don't know how to pronounce his name correctly, so I'm not even going to try. Man is very smart. Um, uh, everyone saw what happened at the start of the Ukraine war. The U.S. confiscated $350 billion, billion of Russian assets. The U.S. confiscated Venezuela reserves. The U.S. confiscated Afghanistan reserves, quote-unquote, on its way out. If America wants others to use the U.S. dollars, it needs to be a currency, not an instrument of coercive, coercive policies. The world is growing tired, the entire world is growing tired of America using its economic status as economic power. If you want to, if you want to encourage people to use the dollar, then you can't constantly embargo people. I'll give you just one example here, just to give, just to show how what how this works. The United States embargoed advanced lithography machines to China. Lithography is how advanced chips are made, uh, uh, semiconductor chips. So China developed its own, and now Chinese lithography is at least advanced, and some say more advanced than U.S. Litho uh, litho lithography. That's not what the United States desired. China had open orders for lithography equipment to Western companies in the very many tens of billions of dollars, 
all of those orders were canceled because the United States, uh, the, because China can now do it better on its own. So the U.S. lost twice. Global supply chains instability have increased. Oil and natural gas are controlled by the BRICS countries. Uh, people let's figure out what's going on. Coercion in and of itself no longer works as it used to work. It, it did work at one time. It doesn't work that way anymore. I, I want to just uh, comment because you're talking about energy. And one of the reasons uh, I understand, I'm trying to find the article, but people can do a Google search. Uh, here's one from the Times of Israel. It says, amid heavy rocket fire, Israel shuts down the Tamar offshore natural gas field. And it says here, U.S. energy giant Chevron, operator of, t- of the Tamar Reservoir, located off of the Ashkelon coast, says energy ministry ordered the production at the rig suspended. Um, uh, this is so you've got a lot of natural uh, nat- international interest in this because it supplies a lot of electricity etc to other countries and uh, we have the Americans who brought in uh, some ships here Uh, I understand that China may be sending some uh, ships here we've had the Prime Minister of the UK here in Israel France coming Germany was here etc etc uh, so this is a, there's a lot of international interest in what's going on here in Israel right now. And that's why I also opened up the show with, is this the, the Gogan Magog war? I'm just, I'm just wondering where Russia is going to fit in this puzzle here. Uh, well, my, my suspicion, and again, I can't, I'm just surmising here. <clears throat> my suspicion is that Russia is going to be relatively quiet, except for dipl- diplomatic things. It's not going to do anything else because fr- right now, Chaos serves Russia's purpose. Remember, Russia's biggest problem right now on the on the on the on a very present value issue is to prevent Ukraine from getting more weapons because weapons supplied to Ukraine just keeps this dead this dead country artificially alive. They're on life support. Ukraine as a country is on life support. But this life support is causing Russia harm. So Russia's been will be very happy to see Ukraine um stop getting as many weapons as it was getting. Other than that, Russia probably doesn't really care much. Russia doesn't really care all that much about Israel. It certainly doesn't care about Hamas. It just cares about, mostly it just cares about Russia, which is understandable. <clears throat> uh, as far as the Tamar field is concerned, um, re- remember, Tamar, a lot of the gas, we don't, I don't know the exact numbers, I don't know if the exact numbers are even known right now. A lot of that gas goes to Egypt. Correct. Egypt then liquefies it and ships it to, uh, mixes mixes it together with their own gas. I don't know the exact proportions. I think it's about 60% tomorrow and 40% Egyptian. I'm not certain of those numbers. And then liquefies that and sells it to Europe. So that's a big issue in terms of Europe. Again, everyone remember, we mentioned Russia, Europe no longer is trying to stop buying Russian gas. It still hasn't succeeded, despite some two and a half years trying to stop the, 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 use, the uh, usage of Russian gas. So that's one of its sources of gas instead of Russia. <clears throat> and this gas, liquefied gas from Egypt, 
is considerably less expensive than liquefied natural gas that comes from the United States, which needs to be shipped uh, uh, much farther and therefore costs a lot more money. Again, one-dimensional thinking is a problem here. The United States is the world's most violent society today, looking back at just the United States. What's going to be happening in the 2024 election if it if the United States actually holds it, we don't. I'm not. I'm not convinced that it's actually going to happen. But okay. Five percent of the world's population is what the United States has. It has twenty-five percent of the world's prisoners, more than Stalin's Gulag. Again, the United States has five percent of the world population, twenty-five percent of the world's prisoners. That's not a good proportion. That's a frightening proportion. In addition to that, the United States has crumbling infrastructure, uh, economically dependent upon others, as I mentioned just a moment ago. Democracy is better than autocracy for one reason, because everybody agrees to one set of rules. That can no longer be said for the United States. It's based upon mutual trust. That can no longer be said about the United States. Hmm. Central banks around the world are buying gold, and they're selling U.S. treasuries. So where does that leave the United States in terms of its economic power? Remember, the United States sent here two battle groups centered around aircraft carriers. An aircraft carrier that, well, the new one, they sent one old one and one new one. The new one cost some, in total, some $20 billion, $13 billion to build, and another $7 billion to um, uh, 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 people it and, and, and equip it. Are they going to allow themselves to be within range of the missiles that Hezbollah has from the, the, the shore-to-sea missiles that Hezbollah has? Guided missiles. Guided missiles, yep. very accurate guided missiles yep. are manufactured by yep. China. Yep. Um, yeah. Two or three of these missiles will sink that carrier. These missiles cost a million dollars each, no more. So you're gonna, are you going to sacrifice a $20 billion carrier for a few thousand dollars? I mean, By the way, compliments, uh, those missiles, compliments of Iran, which the Biden administration sadly wanted to send $6 billion to and has sent money to before as well. <clears throat> um, well, we all remember the, 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 the mountainous um, cash uh, 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 pallets that were sent by Obama. Correct. Yeah. Pallets, pallets full of cash, cash. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. You know, but people close their eyes to it and then they, you know, okay, move on here. Nothing, nothing more to see. Let's go bowling. You know, <laughs> that's, that's how people are. Uh, the world is changing rapidly. Yeah. Okay. I'm just giving a almost a, one can say, almost say a list of changes, but all of these changes matter, even matter to the present war between Israel and uh, the Gaza Strip. And God forbid if it's Israel and, and, and beyond that, we've already seen some um, uh, projectiles shot from, from Yemen. Um, and we are prepared, though we of course hope that it doesn't happen, for think problems with Hezbollah in the north, problems with Iranian proxies in Syria and Iraq, and even Iran itself. And Yemen. Iran will probably 
try to kill off its, its so-called proxies and not get directly involved, but we, they're unpredictable. <laughs> All right, and uh, this is this is not just a war with Israel and Gaza. This is a world war now because you see, you've seen the the streets of Paris, of London, of New York, of Detroit, of of uh, places around the world with people who have. Uh, shown their disdain for humanity, their disdain for children and babies, their disdain for Israel, the Jewish people, and God. And I think that people are going to be, I, I've said this before, but even more so now, people have to get off the fence. You're either for the good or you're for the evil. And anybody marching for Hamas who knows what they did, who knows what they stand for to wipe out the Jewish people. It's in, it's in their charter. It's in their charter to, de- to destroy Israel. We have no place else to go. The, the Arabs and, uh, and, uh, the Islam- and the Islamists have how many countries? 23 countries at least to go well, to how Israel. You, how you counting? You're talking about Arab countries? Or Arab Muslim? and Islamic. Well, Islamic are 50, 52. All right. And Arab are 23. 20, yeah, 23, right. They've got, that, they've got to go to, we don't have anything but our land here in Israel. This is our land. This is the land that God gave the Jewish people. It's in the Bible. You all read it. He took us out of Egypt to bring us here. He made miracle after miracle, plague after plague, in order to bring us here. He hasn't done that for any other people. This is the land of the Jewish people, of the Hebrews. We are the Hebrews. And... Um, um, and anybody who can take the side of of monsters, I won't call them people, monsters that do what they did and they glee over it and they film it and they share it because they want, just like the ISIS, except ISIS on steroids. Uh, this is what we're dealing with. You're either for good decency, safety for peace-loving people, or you're with these monsters. And, well, hey, and uh, that's hey, it. Hey, people, you know, don't, don't believe what Tamar just said. Listen to what they said themselves. Remember. Remember what they said in Sydney just a few days ago? They went on a on a a, a, a demonstration, so-called demonstration to support what they called Palestine, and what were they shouting? Gas the Jews! They weren't shouting against Israel. Gas the Jews! The entire Jewish world, which is what Hamas says, exactly what Hamas says. They're a genocidal organization of uh, monsters of. People that are not really human. They are monsters. They've given up their humanity when they did what they did and or, and, or if you support what they did. I, I want to say here that uh, the, our Jewish brothers and sisters who are still living in the exile, you're not living in Israel, get out because no one's going to be there to save you. You know, my sons are on the border. I have a son on the northern border defending the country. I have a son on the southern border defending the country. I have other sons that are working inside Israel on the home front, getting things done, protecting lives, etc. And we we here are going to defend ourselves. And Israel, we know how, how it's going to end here. The Bible says so. Israel's going to win. It may be a rocky, terribly difficult, dangerous journey till we get there, but we're going to win. And the future of the Jewish people is here in Israel. It's not in New York. It's not in Melbourne. It's not in London. It's not in Paris. It's not anywhere. But this is where it's going to be. You should get out fast because... We saw there was already a stabbing of a of a woman who was I think she was a 
president of her synagogue president in Detroit. The a woman. They went and they stabbed her to death in front of her home. There was another uh, incident. I think it was in Paris. I'm, I'm forgetting now. You know what? I have, I have an email. I've had, oh boy, how many emails we're getting. I can't even keep up with them. But let me just find this one where he is writing. Here, this is a listener named F. I'm not going to give their names, sends us, it started in Europe too. And he sends a social media post saying, in Paris, anti-Semites targeted an 80-year-old Jewish couple setting on fire the entrance of their house during the night in order to burn them out and kill them. Jewish people are starting to remove the mezuzot, the mezuzahs, from their doors and other Jewish symbols from their homes in order to hide Basically, they are not safe in Europe. They're not safe anywhere, by the way. Uh, you come home to Israel. And, it's, and this, this social media post says, please don't be indifferent. Anti-Semitism is all over the world. And let me tell you another thing, folks, because I see Jewish people still, I mean, century after century, decade after decade, saying, we have to fight anti-Semitism. We have to fight anti-Semitism. Folks, you can't fight anti-Semitism. We have never won the war against anti-Semitism. Never. There's just too many of them and too little of us. And the only it's way... Question. It's not a question of numbers, Tamar. But it's, it's the only way is to be a strong Israel. Come home. Exactly. Be a strong exactly. Israel. Do what God wants us to do. Be good Jews. We're supposed to be a light to the nations. And if you're drowning or you're buried in the galut, in the exile, it's going to be very hard for you to shine your light. It's very dangerous there. Get out. You know, when Jabotinsky went to, to Europe... Uh, when, when he was in Europe and he tried to tell the Jews there that Europe is on fire, get out. This was uh, just before the Holocaust. He was saying, get out, Europe is on fire. A lot of the Jews said, ah, you're a rabble rouser. We've been living here in Poland for a thousand years and we've been living here for such a long time. And he's a rabble rouser. They didn't listen to him. I'm telling you, I'm not a Jabotinsky, but you can see the writing on the wall. You're afraid in your own homes that you have to take off the mezuzot from your doorposts, that you have to uh, be shivering there. Come home to Israel and be a strong Israel. That's what I'm telling you all. Please. It's dangerous for you there, too. It's a world war. I want to emphasize, tomorrow that you're not just talking to the people who so-called sitting on the fence. Let's take even a, a specific person. Let's take Ben Shapiro. A committed Jew, a good person, a person who is who's an Orthodox Jew, and he still tries to justify why he lives in Galut, why he lives in exile instead of coming home. And he's been here, I don't know, probably tens, maybe hundreds of times. I have no idea. He's a man that I respect him. I, I think he, I think he's very bright. I think he's a, basically a very good person. I think he's also very, very incorrect, very wrong. I think he, when he was here and he was uh, confronted with it, that you should make Aliyah, I, I believe, and I don't remember correctly, that his answer was something akin to, well, he, need, he feels he needs to be there in order to wake up people. But you can wake up people today from anywhere in the world. You don't have to be there. And really, this is our home. This is where we should be. And even if you say, oh, I'm not ready to make Aliyah, which is to move to Israel, at least purchase yourself some property here. So if you have to run and you're lucky enough to get out and they don't close the airports and or stop flying to Israel, like many, many carriers have done now. My, I mean, how, you, if you listen to the Pull Up a Chair show, Andrea Simantov, who has her show on Thursdays, live on Thursday morning, 7 a.m. Israel time, she was saying how it took her a week 
to get home. She had to fly to Istanbul. She had to fly, I think, to Paris. She had to fly all over Europe in order to try to get home. In the end, she couldn't even do it. And then finally, from the United, she had to fly back to the United States in order to get a flight back here to Israel. You, you are not guaranteed that you're going to be able to come when you want to. But still, buy property in Israel and come home. I have home. some very close friends who, were, who made Aliyah from France um, um, many years ago. And they were in France visiting their family. They, they still have family in, in France, in, in Strasbourg. And they could not find a flight, so they came by ship. Well, they were lucky. Yes. Because a lot lucky. of ships may not want to come here either. They, they, you they never know, know that they were very lucky. And they, you never they, know. And, and they, they've told me so, that they, that they were amazed that they could find the ship when there were no yeah. flights. Yeah. So you, you, you're, you're absolutely accurate in what you're saying. All right. So, you know, I care about you all. I care about the safety of every decent human being, Jewish or not Jewish. But uh, and, and all the people who have written in in support of Israel, all the people who have donated to buying bulletproof vests and helmets for I mean, like, my son didn't have a bulletproof vest. So, and a lot of our boys are out there that are reservists that don't have the equipment that they should be having. So but but the people of Israel are coming together. We are doing what the state should have been doing, should have done, and should be still be doing right now and is not able to do. We are, we are joining together. You have never seen a unity in Israel like you, you see today. Never. I, I've been through several wars here in Israel. I have never seen the country so together, so united, such big morale, such strength as I've seen in the last two weeks. I, I completely agree, and I, you know, I, I even saw today a person that I despise and feel makes me almost nauseous, um, um, Ehud Barak, and even he was speaking for once, speaking properly and correctly, and and with the right emphases and etc. So I mean, even the most um, irresponsible people historically are now speaking with one one language, with one tongue, and it's very very important. But it, again, these things are complex. And the problems that we're viewing are problems that really are, are, are very real. Let's talk about things that are not real. And let's talk about Pallywood. Tell everybody what Pallywood is. Okay, wait a minute. I want, before we get to Pallywood, I want to talk about Hamas. Okay, talk about Hamas. Sorry, uh, before I, I, I say what I'm going to let, let me just mention, as, people pro, as regular listeners probably know, I always make up, uh, write up uh, 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 notes before our show, and anyone who wants to, to have the notes can have them. They just ask me for them. But in addition to that, I also have what I'm about to discuss, um, what is Hamas. I also have that in writing, so if anyone wants that, let me know about that as well. Okay, so what is Hamas? First of all, people need to understand that the word Hamas is Hebrew. It is not from another language. When Sheikh Yassin made created the organization he took a hebrew name it's true afterwards they defined redefined hamas as being an arabic acronym that was a lie hamas is a hebrew word what does that word hamas mean well to this we just read read yesterday the the, the torah portion called noach where the word is actually used yes why was the the Mabul, the deluge. Uh, why did it happen? Because of Hamas. What is Hamas? Hamas 
directly translated into English can be translated as egregious theft. What is egregious theft? If somebody is hungry and goes into a store and steals, it's certainly immoral, but it's some, it, to some extent it can be understood. The, per, the, the thief doesn't have it coming to them, to him or her, but a body needs nourishment. So one can understand that. You don't certainly not condone it, but you can understand it. If a person goes to to steal to in order to enrich themselves, again, it's certainly abhorrent and it's contemptible and certainly also egotistical. But again, it can be we can comprehend it. We can comprehend that somebody wants to steal to enrich themselves or to enrich their families or whatever. But Hamas is something different. What is Hamas? Hamas is when somebody steals in just in order to harm the other. In other words, you go to steal something, you take what they have, you destroy it, because you're not interested in it at all. Your only interest is to harm the other person. That's what the word Hamas means, egregious theft. So the deluge, the great flood that the Bible tells us about, that we read about just yesterday, <clears throat> talks about what was the great sin that caused the deluge. The great sin was Hamas. Hamas filled the world. Correct. So is this what people really want? Are they, these people that, are, that think that they're supporting Hamas, is that what they really want? And let me quote a, 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 a lady that I have a certain amount of admiration for. I don't really understand her well, and I'm not really claiming that I do. Megyn Kelly, I understand that she's both a journalist and a, and a, and a lawyer. And I'm just quoting her quote, and I just don't know what we're supposed to do with 40 babies decapitated. How is that a group we can talk to about anything? By the way, number 40 is no longer accurate. It's more than that, but that's besides the point right now. But um, what does Hamas want? What do these people want? What do they say they want? What have they written? What have they said? What are they constantly saying even now? They want one thing and one thing only. They don't want the, the land of Israel. They don't want a two-state solution. They don't want a one-state solution. They don't want state solution. According to their philosophy, the concept of state is a European concept that they reject. They do not want a state at all. They want a caliphate, which is not a state, but a, 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 way, for, a, a way for them to have um, an Islamic, um, how should I say it, universal jurisprudence over the world. That's what they want. That's what they desire. They have no, they have no interest in a two-state or a Palestinian state or a whatever. All they're interested in is destroying the entire Jewish people because according to their version of Islam, and this is very far from the universal versions of Islam, this is the same version of Islam that ISIS used, Daesh, that Al-Qaeda preaches, but this is not the, the, the Islam, for instance, preached by, by Saudi Arabia. Even the most extreme Wahhabi do not say this. Even the most uh, uh, extreme, I won't go into the names of that, that's behind, besides the point. It, uh, no other version of Islam, whether you're talking about uh, the Islam in Indonesia, India, Pakistan, the Persian Gulf, whatever. Nobody else preaches this, this extreme thing. 
as I mentioned just last last week on our show tomorrow, right? They're even more extreme than Hezbollah. Hezbollah only, pardon me for the air quotes there, only says that the Jewish men need to be killed, the Jewish women need to be kept as sex slaves. So Hamas is the most is the most extreme of them all. They want to kill all Jews all over the world. Would the would 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 Hamas's the demise mean is Israeli de facto control of Gaza? We don't have an answer to that. We do not know what happens the day after. Does Israel want to govern a million or a million and a half people that live in Gaza? Well, to answer that reasonably, I need to mention well, who are the people that live in Gaza? Again, this is something that the media in the, around the world don't talk about. I lived in Gaza. It was a long time ago, but I lived in Gaza. I know the Gazan people, the the original Gazans, the actual Gazan people, they're good people. They're nice people. They're, they're, on, they're relatively honest, but they're, they're Egyptians. They have nothing, whatever, no connection, whatever to do with Palestine. If you talk to a Gazan, they will never, for instance, intermarry with somebody from, I don't know, Jenin. Never. They don't speak the same language. They don't have the same culture. But even when I lived there in 1970, it's a long time ago. I'm not a very young person. Um, they were only 40% of the population. The other 60% at that time were refugees from 1948. Today, after the Oslo debacle and the people brought in from Tunis, the, 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 the international criminal organizations brought in from Tunis by the, by, by, uh, the American morons and the Israeli morons, um, today they're probably even less. If even many of them survive, I don't know how many of them might have, might have survived. But most of the people living in Gaza don't really have a future, no matter who rules them, because nobody wants them. When Sadat made the treaty with with Begin about uh, uh, the the so-called Camp David Accords. Begin tried to convince him to, to accept Gaza. He refused. Nobody wants them. Nobody I, I hear that Scotland wants them wants now. Them. So let Scotland have them. Let them bring a ship over here and, and do some humanitarian work, in their words, and, uh, and uh, absorb these, these uh, Gazans. I, I want to say something, and I respect your opinion, and I did not live in Gaza, but I've stayed there and the stories that we're hearing from the people who live there yes many of them may be very nice people there are a lot of arabs who are very nice people however these nice people gave information to the hamas which family lived in which house what the name of the family was how many people they had in their family everything this information that they had was given by these nice Gazans. So well, remember, I said that, that the, the, the original Gazans, <laughs> so, were not, the, not the refugees, and certainly not the criminals from Tunis. I okay. I don't know who's who. All I know is there may have been some nice Germans too during World War II. The fact is, we are at war. They attacked us. We didn't attack them, and we have to look at them as a uh, entity that has to be destroyed. Now we don't want to see innocent people 
who have no crimes and they're just good people. We don't want to see them hurt. And that's why Israel has told them, get out of the way because we're going to have to enter here, take down this building, whatever. And we're doing the best we can, but it's not our responsibility what happens it's the hamas is their leadership they're uh there in order to take care of their people whether they do whether they don't that's their problem i have to take care of our people and i have to take care of humanity and i want everybody listening to this i don't care if you're living in melbourne or paris or london or new york or california or wherever you are this is going to come on your doorstep as well if we don't stop it you need to support israel because First, the Saturday people, Israel, and then the Sunday people, the Christians. First, the little Satan, Israel, and then the big Satan, America. They hate the Americans. They hate you if you're listening in right now from the United States. They hate you if you're living anywhere in the West. They despise you, and you are going to be next. You need to support us in this war because it's going to be on your doorstep next if you don't. And as a human being, you need to take the moral, uh, the moral stance and you need to try to f- stamp out this evil when you know something like this exists and you just close your eyes to it and, and just, you know, okay, turn the channel. It's, this is, this is a, a, a sin on your head that you should ignore and such again, evil. People, this, is not just, this is not Tamariona saying this. I, there was an American colonel, I think he was. What was his name? Oliver North, I think. He wrote a book about it. He knew about it. And I'm not saying last year. I'm saying two decades ago. He knew about this stuff. He wrote a book. What was it? No, it was more than that. And and, and I think it was 1996 or something like that. I forget. Somebody can remember, remind me. I don't remember. But he was he was interviewed by the in a in a congressional report, and he said they're coming for us, and he meant the United States, and he was right. He predicted nine nine eleven, the attack on 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 the United States. And what did America? What was America doing in uh, Iraq then? Uh, America wasn't in uh, Iraq then. What was uh, America doing in Afghanistan then? Oh, America wasn't in Afghanistan then. Correct. So you didn't do anything, America, to deserve 9-11. You didn't do anything to deserve it. But you don't have to do anything because they hate you. And it's sad because we all want to think that everyone thinks like us. But everyone does not think like us. And we cannot be naive. No, naivety doesn't work anymore. It used to. You know, there was time when it did work. It doesn't work today at all. All right, let's go on to Pollywood. Yes, let's go on to Pollywood. Hollywood is kind of entertaining, sort of, I think, or entertaining in, in, in air quotes. Yeah, everybody knows about Hollywood. Most people probably know about Bollywood, the uh, 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 movie industry in, 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 in India. India, which I happen to like, but that's beside the point. Uh, Hollywood, uh, is, that's the movies made, uh, the, the film clips made by the, um, uh, the Palestinian Arabs. Okay. They, 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 everybody remember Muhammad al-Dura? That incident never happened. That was a staged incident. Remember, everybody, most people remember, you know, some people might remember Diri Yassin? Never happened. It was a lie. It was created and, 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 and totally fabricated by the, well, not totally by the Arabs. There was, there was some 
idiots that helped him from us as well, but besides that. And they're doing it now as well. Everybody has heard... <coughs> pardon me. Everybody heard about the incident of Israel bombed the hospital and 500 people were killed. Lies. Oh, lie. Yep. When the sun came up, they discovered that the hospital was still standing and still operating. The parking lot was hit, and it was hit by an Islamic Jihad missile, not Israel. Right. A very small missile, by the way. It, 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 it made a crater which was about the size of a, 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 a few uh, duck eggs. Um, uh, 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 I assure you, an Israeli bomb makes a very large crater. This was a crater about maybe a meter in diameter and half a meter deep. I saw the pictures. But everybody wants to believe the Hamas, and so they don't even check it out, and they just start spreading that as truth. So, so when, Hamas, when Hamas now is telling people 4,300 people in, in Gaza have died, that's a lie. It's a total, total lie. They, they, they added 500 people from the hospital, Zach, right? Except did nothing. Did I lose you, Mordechai? Okay. So. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, we have a caller from Sweden, and we're going to take him now because we don't have a number for Sweden, and I know it's long distance. Uh, Alan from Sweden, you wanted to make a comment. Go ahead. Yes, I'd like to comment uh, the the horrible situation that you have in Israel. But uh, 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 I, I really, I really support you hundred percent, and I think uh, it's a little bit. Uh, Showing the Hezekiel 38, 39 is coming to truth. And uh, God, God is going to be with Israel now and show whole earth that uh, God is existing and helping his people. And I also like to mention Zechariah 14. Uh, that's... Uh, uh, you, you should be have a very much courage all the military in Israel uh, because this is very clear that you, you will get help and I pray for you and uh, good men in Sweden also do but not everybody that to say well I thank and, you Alan that's very sweet of you we, we we appreciate your support and it's it's support for yourself as well because as we said that this is going to spread worldwide if it's not stopped if it's not nipped in the bud here hmm did you want to add yeah. anything? Yeah, uh, uh, I add one thing is to the Jews in America and Europe uh, because um, uh, I phone off here and talk with you about this subject because they they in in the Western world have taken away the housewife system. Um, then people get uh, they lose their love here in the countries. In, in in Europe and uh, America also, I think. Uh, so so people begin to be nasty to each other, and then they begin nasty to the Jews also. I think uh, I think what you're saying is very wise, Alan. Very very wise indeed. All right. Well, you know, but before, bef I think he's uh, referring to the emasculation of of white men. 
Is that what you is that what you're referring to? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. the destruction of the family unit, etc. Okay, it, it, I mean that's noted. It's taken. I I would say though that killing Jews happened many, 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 many times without that even having to take place. But I I yeah. I, I fear for I the West, uh, where where people they they make jokes about on these memes going around going around the social media that uh, the 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 West is going to lose because they don't even know what sex they are. How are they going to even be able to find in the, the, the battlefield? Mm-hmm. So, something like that. I want to thank you so much for your call, Alan. God bless you. Calling all the way in from Sweden. Yeah. We really appreciate hearing from you and your support, and God bless you. Yeah, you too. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. All right. Uh, we are live, by the way, if you're listening on Sunday, the 22nd of October, between 4 to 5, maybe a little bit after 6 p.m. We are here live. Our, our call numbers are on our homepage at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com if you want to call in and weigh in on the issue. I have some emails I want to read that I got from people as well, but let's first finish uh, your Pallywood subject. Okay, no, we'll finish with Pallywood. I, I want to discuss a little bit about um, what's happening in our economy right now in terms of the war. Oh, wait, 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 I'm sorry. If you're finished with Pallywood, I have to say something before you do. All right. And that is that the uh, we have pictures of the Hamas and other and 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 Arab terrorists, whether they're Palestinian Authority, Islamic Jihad, whoever they are posing as uh, Jews. They put on Jewish clothes. They put on the Jewish uh, fringes, a seat seat, or they'll put on IDF uniforms and then start kicking around a victim, uh, beating them. They pour fake blood there and then they, they make it look like these are Jewish soldiers doing this to the poor, poor um, a- Arabs there. And or they'll show a bombed out place that uh, w- was bombed in Gaza and they'll take a teddy bear or a doll and they'll put it in the rubble to make it look how evil Israel is, that we are killing and targeting little children. It's all Pallywood. Pallywood, Pallywood, because Israel does not target children. And if anybody needs it, I have a, I have a video that I can send people if, they, if I'm asked for it. It's about three megabytes, so it's not too large to send even by mail. And it's, it, it's very, very clear and explicit. Very good. Yes, I hope people write in for that. Uh, and you can do that. You don't even have to write Israel News Talk Radio. Do you want to give out your email to people? But remember, it's going public. Do you want to? I, I can do that. It's no problem. Go ahead. People just listen. Quality, the word quality at the at sign acm.org. All right. And if you can't, if you didn't get that, you can always write me Tamar at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com and ask uh, me to forward your letter to him. All right. Uh, next topic. Go ahead. Okay. I, I want to just uh, very briefly talk about what's happening in Israel's economy which uh, um, uh, uh, clearly should be a concern of most people who, are, who are, are thinking about this war, people who care about Israel. Our economy is strong. Um, general, generally speaking, Israel entered the war under an extraordinarily economic, under extraordinary economic stability. The lowest post-corona government debt in the OECD. The average debt post-corona of the OECD country, I think that's 34 countries, if I remember the number, is now 80%. Israel's debt is under 60%. So that our economy is strong and it remains strong. Public began with a wave of panic buying, which is normal under under um, uh, 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 in any war situation, and a bit of hoarding, 
that's already gone. That's already finished. So there were some problems in the, during the first few days in finding some things in supermarket. I'm one of these crazies that uh, distributes candies to the children around the, around the neighborhood on Shabbat. And I've been having trouble finding jellied um, uh, 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 candies because not everybody likes toffee. Okay, so that that's the extent of the economic problems that we're having right now in terms of the war at the, on a civilian level. Both the bond markets and the stock markets in Israel are doing very well. They continue to rise. There are no signs that foreign investors are losing confidence in the Israeli economy. So in that sense, um, uh, uh, the economic issues and, and every war has horrible economic issues always. That's that's the, the the nature of war. Um, you can you can expect that um, um, war will create some economic boost on the short term because clearly you need to, one needs to buy more munitions and things. But it, it, uh, on a general basis, the Israeli economy remains strong, and there are no short-term concerns in terms of the Israeli economy. And that's very notable because, remember, we have called up 360,000 reservists who are no longer doing their jobs in the economy. So there are economic issues here. There are economic problems. But none of these problems uh, are anywhere in the neighborhood of strategic problems. They're all local and they're being handled very well. I have some problems in terms of my criticism of the government on the military side. Economically, the government is doing very, very well. Yeah, a lot of Israelis have a lot of criticism for the Israeli government right now. And well, uh, I believe there's going to be a lot of trials, a lot of trials afterwards. I think that I'm, I'm not speaking literally. I'm using the expression heads are going to roll after this. That, that something like this could happen. Netanyahu is going to have to resign. I don't see, I don't see him surviving this at all. because uh, I, I, I unfortunately have to agree with you. Yeah, he, I don't you think know, there's any way that he can survive this politically. I don't think he should, even if he could. Right. I mean, enough is enough. Clearly, more than just one or two people have to, at very least, tender their resignations, if not more than that. Yeah, as we're speaking right now, there's a red alert, a siren going off. In Nitivot, that's in the south of Israel. Uh, please, God, protect all of our people. Now, uh, additional red alert sirens now going on uh, in uh, other. Oh boy, it just keeps growing and growing and growing. Alumim, these are all places in the south of Israel right now that I'm looking at. These are. Uh, Red alert sirens going off. People are running for cover now. We pray for their safety. And uh, if you're listening to this, it's 5 p.m. in Israel on Sunday. If you're hearing this at any other time, this is a uh, replay that you're hearing. Go ahead. Uh, I should mention in that, in that context that um, uh, uh, Jerusalem, thank, thank God, has been quiet for, for um, uh, quite some time. We had a lot of rocket problems and, and, and alerts on that initial Saturday and some afterwards, but we have not heard anything here for quite some time now. Jerusalem has been quiet, probably because they just don't have the, they're just too busy with other things to shout, shoot off long-range rockets, even if they have any left. I don't know if they do. 
These rockets that they're firing now are very short-range rockets. These are rockets that they make out of water pipes that were supplied to them for them for them to build civilian infrastructure, both water and sewage. So when people complain that Israel is not supplying water, that's not quite correct. Hamas is not allowing water to flow because they took the pipes to make them into rockets. So when people say that Israel is guilty because we're not supplying water to, 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 to Gaza, that's partly true, but it's mostly untrue. Even if we supply water, it wouldn't get to them because they took the pipes. Literally dug the pipes up from the ground and made them into rockets. Yeah, there's a, there was another funny meme. here on BBC. There was another funny, when I say funny, you know, you have to sometime have some type of black humor. There was saying that, the, the meme going on saying that uh, Gaza is running out of water, food, medicines, but they're not running out of rockets. So, all right, we have a caller. We have Tsipora joining us from New York. Hi there, Tsipora. What is your comment or question for us here at Israel News Talk Radio? Uh, yes, Sapara. I wondered if uh, either of you heard, it was on the Jerusalem Post earlier this morning on the audio version, um, that there were two of the bodies of Hamas terrorists had plans on their bodies and, and on a USB format of how to make a cyanide bomb. I wondered if he could expand more on that. All right. Thank you for your call, Sipora. Go ahead, uh, Mordecai. I don't think I heard it correctly. Can you feel she said that they found, uh, if I heard her correctly, that they found plans on two of the bodies of terrorists how to make cyanide bombs. I do know that they were booby trapping uh, bodies. I just want to say this before you answer the question, Mordecai, uh, because my my son was down there and he saw the, the, the atrocities. He saw the dead bodies lying around and we couldn't retrieve them. That's why slowly, slowly the numbers, the death toll was going up for days and days and days because until a body is tagged and has a number assigned to it, it's not counted yet. And they couldn't retrieve all the bodies because the terrorists put grenades in them or under them. So as soon as somebody would approach a body and try to remove it and, and bring it for burial, they would be blown up. And so they had the, all these bodies had to be checked to make sure that uh, they weren't booby-trapped. But go ahead, Mordechai. Okay. First of all, I don't know what a cyanide bomb is, so I can't really answer that question directly. Yeah, I've never I can't that say that as a former sapper in a, in a, in a uh, how do you say it, uh, an advanced unit when I was in the army, um, I took apart at least one case where they took one of their own people, an Arab, not a Jew. They took off the top of his head and put a bomb in there. Oh, my gosh. And I had to take that bomb apart. It was not pleasant. He, he... I literally had to remove the brain in order to take the bomb apart. So they what they just left the dead body there so someone would They come. left the dead body. We were we were on a patrol at night that had to be very very quiet. I was at the time I was with my commander whose name was Alex Sharon, former prime minister of Israel later on. Former yes. prime minister and former um uh, uh general of the 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 commanding general of the, of the Southern Front. And uh, I took apart this Bomb. It was a large bomb. It was. It was a. It was a. An anti-tank mine. As a matter of fact. This is sick. Just, this is absolutely brain sick. Brain was wired to the bomb. So this is not new, and and this happened more than fifty years ago. Remember, okay? I, 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 in, in 1970. 
So this this concept is not new of 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 booby trapping bodies in order to harm other people. That's just what they do. And by the way, you want to know why this person was killed? This is at the beginning. This is even before Hamas was created, the organization. Why was this guy killed? Well, because he had a concession to sell ice cream bars, Artekin. Ice cream bars on the beach from a box that he carried on the side. And they wanted that concession. So they killed him. So they can sell ice cream bars on the beach. And this is a 100% true story. I mean, if anybody, I don't care if anybody believes me or not, but this, this, this is what I personally experienced. I knew the guy. I remember you telling me a story about that you knew the guy that they killed, but I don't think you ever said that they put a, the, what you did with his brain. Ugh, it's just a horrid, no, horrid, horrid story. I would have told you that on, on, a, on, a, on, normal, on a normal conditions, I would not have told that story. Yeah. It's too disgusting. Um, I, I want to go to some emails that we've gotten. We've, I've, I've gotten dozens, and I couldn't even go through. I, I try to read every single one. I can't answer them all. I try to, but you know, I would just be at my computer all day long, and I've got a family here. I've got grandkids living with me um, that you know we're taken care of because they live in... Uh, caravans or but anyway it doesn't matter let me just read these here someone writes uh, this is Sipora that just called in actually she writes in here that Jordan is calling for a two-state solution is hysterically funny since they are created meaning Jordan as a second state mandated by the United Nations to take in Arabs formerly living in Judea and Samaria under its occupation by the Ottoman empire and then the british empire and then she also says here can you bring this up with rabbi mordechai it's frustrating when jordan sounds so peaceful and i fear tamar there will be a split state if we don't speak up so she wants you to weigh in on that dr mordechai oh i do that with great pleasure actually um jordan is a is a fascinating phenomenon right now the uh uh jordan is ruled the country of jordan Remember, it was originally called Transjordan because it was across the Jordan River. Yes. It was named by the British Transjordan. And only after the British left did they change the name. Um, Jordan was created as an artificial state. Its economy is a shambles because it was never created to be a functioning state. It is ruled till today by a, a family called the Hashemites. Hashemites, it's a fascinating name. I won't go into the etymology too much, but Hashem means God in Hebrew. And according to Islamic um, mythology, Hashem was Muhammad's uncle. Jordan is ruled by this family. This family was placed in Hajjaj, in the uh, 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 western part of the Arabian Peninsula. And they were thrown out by Ibn Saud. The, 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 the father of present Saudi Arabia. That's why it's called Saudi, not because it's from Saud, Ibn Saud. And they were thrown out, and the British had an extraneous, uh, two extraneous kings that they didn't know what to do with. So they created Iraq, and they created Jordan. That's how those two countries, quote-unquote countries, were created by the British foreign office who, had, who didn't, have, didn't have any place to park two extraneous kings. Now, the people that live in, in the country of Jordan 
utterly despise this idiot that they have as a king. So they want to throw him out. But he's still holding on. Unfortunately, the American government is helping him to hold on. And that that's... Uh, 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 um, uh, eventually, I believe that he'll be thrown out. The person who was supposed to replace him, in my estimation, is a gentleman, by the way, very much a gentleman, a really good person, uh, by the name of uh, 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 Mudaza Khan, who lives presently in in uh, in uh, England. If I'm not mistaken, he already has two doctorates, but I'm not I'm not certain of that that last uh, item. He certainly has at least one. Very intelligent, very good person, and very much desire desiring to have a a strong security relationship and economic relationship with the land of Israel. Yeah, I actually interviewed him. I think last week on on the show. Really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's go to another because we have a lot more emails. Uh, here's the next one. A, I'm just giving the first letter of the of the name. A writes in and says, uh, "Oh, I picked this letter just because I I want everybody to understand." A writes in from Minnesota. She says, "Are you off the air for Shabbat, or is there something locally blocking me from listening to your station? Listening to you is keeping me sane." That's uh, approximately what she's writing, and I want to say yes. We Israel Israel News Talk Radio does not leave its uh, live stream going. It's broadcast on Shabbat. It is shut down. However, if you are not Jewish and you don't keep the Sabbath and or you are, in a, you, you are Jewish and you live in another part of the world where it's not the Sabbath by you, you are invited to go and listen to our shows that are already podcasted and available to listen on demand. But the live broadcast during the Sabbath here in Israel is uh, shut down. Here's another uh, letter yeah, another email that we received uh, it says here, with all the news, there seems to be very little about what's going on in Judea and Samaria. Perhaps you might tell us what's going on. Thanks and stay safe. That's from S from Oregon. All right. Do you want to answer that question first? Yeah, uh, I, as a matter of fact, I spoke with somebody this morning, unfortunately, at the graveyard. Um, uh, uh, um uh, a young fellow who's just recently in the army, and he's stationed there near near Janine, and he says that there's uh, a, a lot of activity, but most of the activity is low level activity. So I, I, it's not quiet, but it's not uh, the the danger has significantly dropped from what it was just a month ago. Yeah, and I have to say that uh, we. Uh Families living in Judea and Samaria are very exposed to Arab uh, villages that hate Israel. I mean, most Arab villages uh, do. That's what they preach in their mosques, sadly. And they are uh, often targeted, even when there isn't a war, for infiltration and to kill people. We've seen that with the Fogel family. We've seen it so many times, horrible things where a terrorist will break into someone's house and kill them when they're sleeping, etc., etc. So they, they are on high alert. Families in the settlements in Judea and Samaria are also hopefully... Uh, preparing, God forbid, for any type of Arabs that are on a mission to infiltrate their community and commit mass murder uh, or, or slaughter people. And uh, the, the thing about Judea and Samaria is many of the people here 
have guns, which they did not have in the South in these kibbutz. And there's there's religious kibbutzim there too, but um, they they don't ha- they did not have that many guns there to protect themselves. You should add you should add here, uh, uh, Tamar, that the government over the last two weeks has been distributing or licensing thousands of guns to many people around the country. Yeah, they've been offering that. I don't know how many people have actually gotten, though, because then they started putting things on, well, have you ever served in the Army before? If you haven't, and how old are you? They're, 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 it's not as easy, because I know some people who here who are trying to get, and, and it's, it's not so easy. But it is easier, yes. And uh, so we, we are preparing uh, the people of Israel for anything. And also uh, the intelligence here is, uh, is also any, any type of, uh, how do you say, hafra'ot in English? Um, disturbances. Disturbances is uh, not being tolerated. There's a lot of uh, police uh, opening fire on anything that uh, is, is dangerous. They're not being so... Tolerant. Tolerant, yes. They're, I mean, immediately, if there's a threat, they're cutting it down. That does not mean that nothing can happen in Judea and Samaria. The entire country is on alert. This is a war that is not just on the borders of Israel, but it is on the home front itself. This is a war against civilians are fighting this just as much in, in, in one sense as our chayalim, as our, our, as, our, uh, as our soldiers are. So that's for that. Um, Here's another. Uh, I, I should mention here, Tamara, yeah. an interesting problem that uh, misunderstanding from Americans. Uh, in Israel, when we say army, we mean the entire armed force. That, in this, that when we say army, that includes the IDF, includes the, the people on the water, the people in the air, the people on the ground, yes. etc. And in America, when you say army, you, you're mostly thinking about the, only the people on the ground. People in the, in, the, in the Navy and in the Air Force are called something else. Uh, etc. So when we say army, we mean all of them. That that is correct. Uh, here is a uh, an email from uh, Jay. Uh, I'll just give the first letter of his name. He writes: Surprisingly, I have had feelings akin to the conflict of World War II. Maybe because it's an issue of good versus evil. And I say correct, Jay. Uh, this is a world. Uh, this is the world fight of good against evil, and you cannot stay on the fence anymore. You must take a side, and I hope that you will choose the right side, everybody. Uh, a listener named F. Uh, F sends us, I, I think it's a man, F. Uh, it starts in Europe, too. And he, Oh, I read this, and he sends a social media post saying that this 80-year-old Jewish couple had uh, the entrance to their home set on fire. This was in Paris, France. And let me just end with this one a letter here. Uh, this is something that someone sent me. It's uh, quite interesting. You know, Dr. Phil, you remember him? And how's that been working for you, Dr. Phil? Uh, he he wrote a very uh, nice article also trying to expose and show people what is evil and what is good. I'll just read a couple of parts here to what he said, uh, picking here and there throughout his article. He says, the student organizations on college campuses in the United States, like Harvard, Um, Columbia, uh, Yale, I believe, and and some others as well. There's a lot of student organizations there that are pro-Hamas and they're marching. And he says here, these student organizations' reaction to the Hamas attack on Israeli Jews was so appalling that it put the institution's policies and standards on full transparent display and revealed a disturbing degree of ivy-covered intellectual rot. 
Americans nationwide have been appalled and shocked. By the way, there's a video going around of an Israeli professor in Colombia who's really uh, screaming on the lawn in front of the the uh, university there uh, to 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 expose these uh, uh, cowardly university presidents who don't do anything about it. The, the article here by Dr. Phil continues. The leadership of these supposedly highly sophisticated schools are so busy virtue signaling and coddling students who think that words are violence, but violence, horrific inhuman violence, is social justice. And that they have forgotten it is their job to teach their students to think and to test reality. Instead of training tomorrow's leaders, these quote-unquote great learning centers are instead profoundly demagnetizing our culture's moral compass among the college population, a population for whom there is largely no longer a, quote, true north on the compass, no clarity of right and wrong. And uh, he goes on to say that murdering, raping, and torturing civilians is just plain sick. I don't care how much someone feels victimized, no matter how right or anointed they feel, the kind of brutality we witnessed is wrong on every level. These are not the acts of honorable soldiers, freedom fighters, or militants. These are the acts of out-of-control, misguided monsters. And he goes on and ends with, Israel is our friend and ally. They don't need us to just be their friend in good times. They need us to be their friend in bad times, to be their friend when it is easier not to be. Good friends are the ones coming in the door when everyone else is going out. This is a really great time to show Israel and the world who we are. And that's on the drphil.com website. I have to say that I, I didn't, I thought, I heard the name Dr. Phil. I thought it was an artificial person. I didn't know that there was actually a real person by that name. No, that he had a very big talk show going on for years where he's uh, interviewing people and helping them work through their family problems, uh, all sorts of things. And he's become like a, uh, a symbol of, uh, well, he, he came from Oprah. He, he was popularized by Oprah, the Oprah Winfrey show. If you know who she is, Dr. Mordecai Ben Menachem, by the way, does not watch American television. He doesn't know who all these people are. But anyway, I want no, to I, end I, it on I, that. I, I've heard of the name Oprah, and I've never seen her. I don't know what she looks like. I don't know who she is, okay. but I do know the name. <laughs> okay. Well, she was a staple on television for, I think, a couple of decades. But in any case... Uh, I, I'm going to end it here. We've gone uh, way over time, uh, but we want to share with you what's going on here in Israel. Again, I want you to know that I try to read all of the emails that are coming in. I just picked out a few that I thought were relevant for the show. Uh, and uh, even though I don't get back to you, does not mean necessarily that I uh, haven't read it. I try to read everything. I don't always get to read everything, but I try. And uh, we are fighting here for the 
for the good of all of mankind, for light and not for darkness, for wholesomeness and not for this evil that we see. And I'm uh, telling you, you should be supporting Israel because, again, this could easily easily come to your doorstep and we see already it's spreading like wildfire around the world and uh to take your stand do what the right thing to do is and thank you everybody for remember that us. your primary purpose in life your primary responsibility is to protect yourself and your family and i don't say this gladly but the way to do that today is to help israel Yes, and uh, I just want to uh, end again with we are praying for our soldiers who are on the, on the line, ready to go into Gaza. I hope they don't, because I don't think that we should be sending any boots on the ground until we flatten the place. There, I want people to understand that in past wars with Gaza also, they booby-trapped buildings. The soldiers went in there, and then they just brought the building down on top of their heads and killed like 20 at a time or, or whatever it was. Uh, we need to flatten the place. They, they've, it's booby-trapped everywhere, and I don't want to see one more person killed, one more soldier. My sons are, I have one on the northern border, I said one on the southern border. Uh, they are there defending the country because... You know, I, I, I didn't want to let them go, but I, I knew that I had to because someone's got to do it. Someone's got to defend the country. And I have sons and I'm part of this country and we got to do it. But it's hard. But you know what? We just have to persevere. And that's what we're going to do. And we're strong and we're, we're doing our best. But uh, we appreciate your stance when you when you support Israel. There are a lot of uh, charities to give to to help buy our soldiers bulletproof vests and helmets, which are uh, needed. My sons included don't have everything. Uh, I'm worried about them, but I'm praying. And with God's help, we should please God, defeat this evil and make the world a safer place and a better place for all of mankind, not just the Jewish people, but all of mankind. Mordechai, one last word. Amen. What more, what more can we say to that other than amen? Yeah, okay. And uh, if you're Jewish, come home because it's not going to be safe for you out there in the exile either. We I, I want to emphasize again what you said at the very beginning. Come home, and if you can't come home, at very least, find a way to make a refuge for yourself if, the, if it's absolutely necessary for you to remove yourself from where you are now. But leaving remaining in the in the exile is just not smart right now everybody you've been listening to the tamar yona show here at israelnewstalkradio.com if you want you can write me and i'll try to read your email tamar t-a-m-a-r at israelnewstalkradio.com dr mordechai ben menachem thank you very much you stay safe too and we should all be safe, and we should all see an end to this war as soon as possible with a huge victory for the people of Israel and for the good people of the world. Thank you for being God's with us. God's safety right now is in the hands of God. It certainly is. It certainly is. Not in the mightiness of tanks or jeeps or, or missiles. No, those are aids that God uses, but, I mean, they're not, they're not we, can't, we can't disregard them. They're important. They're very important. But the final personal safety is in the hands of God. Each true. and every one of us is um, uh, uh, watched over by God according to our merits. Amen. We shall all take on us another good deed in order to 
help our soldiers win this war and to protect our people and to protect all good people around the world. Do another good, good deed. Give charity. Uh, you can send to Israel if you like. You can... Uh, light Shabbat candles if you're Jewish 10 minutes earlier. You can say you're not going to speak Lashon Hara, which is gossiping about people, saying opinions about people that you don't need to say that are not necessary. Uh, to love your fellow Jew, to love your fellow human being, whatever it is to do something good, to give a phone call to somebody that might be feeling scared or lonely, whatever it is to do this and say, I'm doing this for, for God and that he should please God protect Israel and protect all the good people of the world and let us win these evil, evil monsters that we're facing today. Absolutely correct. Thank you, everybody.